Hey everybody, this is the Drive On Podcast, where we talk about issues affecting veterans after they get out of the military. I'm your host, Scott Deluzio, and now, let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Drive On Podcast. Now, before we get started, I wanted to take a minute to ask a quick favor from the listeners. Uh, The point of the podcast is to help veterans through sharing stories like the one we're about to hear, but it doesn't really help if no one hears a story. Um, So if you wouldn't mind, hit pause for a second and head on over to driveonpodcast.com forward slash subscribe, where you can find links to subscribe and review the the show on your favorite podcast app. And if you wouldn't mind taking a second to share the podcast on social media or even directly to a friend who you think might benefit by listening to the podcast, I'd really appreciate it. Okay, so now back to the show. Uh, So today my guest is Natalie Sanders. Now, Natalie is an Army veteran, a mother, and a wife to a soldier. Uh, She's here to talk about her experience on deployment to Afghanistan and how it compares uh, to being a stay-at-home parent with a newborn at a new duty station while her husband was deployed. Uh, This is a rather interesting topic to me uh, personally because my wife and I probably share somewhat similar experiences uh, in that I was deployed just a few weeks after our first son was born. Um, So it'll be interesting to hear another mother's perspective on uh, deployment with a newborn. Uh, So without any further delay, uh, Natalie, uh, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, Okay, my name is Natalie, and I am from Irving, Texas, which is a large suburb of Dallas, and I served in the Army for eight years, and I've been out now for a little over five years, and um, I'm still in the military community because my husband is, he's active duty, and we have two boys, and so right now I am a stay-at-home mom. Okay. Great. Yeah. And, and that's, that's no small job to have either, uh, being a, a, uh, stay at home mom. Um, so you mentioned, uh, to me earlier through, uh, emails back and forth that you wanted to share, uh, some of your experience on, on your deployment to Afghanistan. So why don't we start there? Okay. Um, I deployed to Afghanistan in 2010 and, um, my husband had actually just come back from his deployment to Iraq. So they were kind of back to back, which was a challenge. And, um, I deployed as a nurse with the 31st cash and we were in several different locations and, um, I ended up spending the majority of my time at Camp Dwyer, which is a Marine camp. And we provided, uh, we had a tent hospital where we provided care to mostly Marines, um, some civilian contractors. We had translators and we, it ended up as kind of a humanitarian um, mission as well, because we helped a lot of the locals that would come in after um, IED blast or, and all sorts of things they were brought into where we were for treatment. Okay. Yeah. So that, that experience, um, I, I actually was in Afghanistan in 2010 as well, which is, uh, just coincidence that we happen to be, uh, deployed to the same country at around the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that experience, um, uh, you know, with helping the civilians and helping, uh, you know, obviously the, the, uh, military and, and the civilian contractors and all that kind of stuff. Um, probably, um, I, I can't imagine it was an easy experience to, to handle any of that, that kind of stuff. Um, but it probably helped, I would imagine to some extent, um, you know, the, 
help you as a parent later on uh, in life in terms of, um, you know, dealing with the stresses of, of being a parent, especially, um, you know, in, in the circumstances that you were uh, kind of going through at the time. Um, so now, how does that that experience, th- those experiences that you had in, in Afghanistan, um, compare to uh, being a stay-at-home uh, mom with a newborn um, a child? And I, I'd imagine it, would, it could be drastically different uh, in, in some respects, but, but it, it sometimes uh, raising a child can feel like you're in a war zone almost, you know? So um, mm-hmm. like, how did the, those two experiences kind of compare for you? Um, it may sound strange, but I actually think that being – a stay-at-home parent was harder than deployment <laughs> because okay. when you're in the army and you basically you're told everything that you have to do, right? But then sure. when you become a parent, you don't have a handbook. I mean, you can buy and, and read books, but it's not the same as actually experiencing it. So I actually felt like the my time in the military, even on deployment, was easier than being a stay-at-home parent and especially coupled with the fact that my husband was only there for maybe the first month before he left um can be very isolating having a newborn at home and not only that but then you know not having the support of your your partner there with you um and also knowing that he's missing out on some milestones, mm-hmm. just things like that, organizing your your new schedule around vaccines, doctor's appointments, things like that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of things that, you know, to, to a uh, person who's never had a child before that you just don't think about, like things like the, the vaccines and the doctor's appointments and the, um, you know, basic stuff, like how to change a diaper, like prior to having mm-hmm. a kid, I, I never changed a diaper before. And it was, you know, it, that was eye opening, uh, you know, for me as well. Um, you know, but what were some of the things that you did to kind of, um, did, did you have any sort of support network? Like were there, um, uh, not, not necessarily a support network per se, but a, um, you know, a group of people maybe that you could, uh, see on a regular basis? Like were there little, uh, I know a lot of times there were like little uh, classes at libraries and things like that, or uh, rec centers and, and, and stuff like that, where you can take your, your kid to and, and, you know, whether it's they're playing music or, you know, whatever, um, you, you can go there and it's, it's, it's a social experience for the child, but it also kind of serves as a social experience for the, the parents as well. Were there any things like that, that, that were around where you were um, or, or anything like that? Yes. So we were at Fort Drum at the time and there were several events that you could go to. They had a story time at the library that was on post and we would go to different paint classes. Um, There were definitely opportunities to be out and about so that you wouldn't just have to stay home and you could be with other moms. Uh, There was a group that met at our community center once a month. And so we would try to make it a point to go to that. Okay. Yeah. And and I would imagine, and I I don't know this for sure, but I would imagine that most uh, military bases around would probably have something similar to that, where they have some sort of groups for for parents to to go with their their kids and and things like that. Um, You know, and probably for a good reason, you know, with uh, you know, spouses being deployed all the time. Um, 
you know, it's, it's kind of hard to just have them sitting there, having a, a parent sitting there and not really having any, uh, you know, community or, or activities going on uh, for them. So I would imagine that that's probably something that, that other parents could probably look for if they're in a similar situation, feeling isolated, uh, where they can kind of look for that type of thing. Yes. Now, from my own uh, personal experience, uh, it, it was uh, much different speaking to my wife uh, while I was deployed. Um, in, in episode nine of this show, if anyone is is interested in hearing that, side of the story. Uh, you can go back to episode nine. I interviewed my wife uh, and we, we discussed a bit about our, our relationship. And uh, so I'm not going to go uh, too much into that there, but what was your relationship like with your, your husband uh, while, while he was deployed? Um, while you had that, that newborn at home, what, what was that, that kind of like in terms of communication and, and other things like that? We just tried to do video chat as much as we could so that he could talk to our baby. And um, it was always challenging having that time difference because he was ahead of us in time. And so we would have to kind of schedule it around whatever his work schedule was. And sometimes I'd end up staying late, staying up late so that I could talk to him or whatever the case was. Um, So we just we tried to communicate as best as we could. And thankfully the video chat would usually work on both ends. Sometimes it would be grainy, but when we could make the connections, sure. we would. All right. Yeah. I know when I was, before I was deployed, I should say, um, I had no idea where we were going to be in the country, what um, technology we'd have available to us or, or anything like that. And I know um, I, I sat down and uh, one afternoon and I, recorded myself reading a few children's books, like bedtime story kind of things. Um, and I just, just had a video camera recorded, recorded it. And then my wife was able to play those for our, our son while I was, while I was gone because, um, we, we didn't know if I'd even have access to any kind of video chat or anything like that. And, and where we were, um, video chatting was kind of, we were kind of remote, uh, to some extent, and, and we didn't really have uh, too many computers there that were capable of, of the video chat uh, too easily. So um, it was kind of a good thing that I did something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But but one thing that we ended up doing actually was I, uh, so my cell phone at the time, uh, so this, again, this was back in 2010, I had a BlackBerry uh, cell phone, which makes me kind of feel old at this point saying that I had that. But um, mm-hmm. uh, it, we had, so on the Blackberries, there was a BlackBerry Messenger, which was free to, to text back and forth between, uh, two Blackberries. So my wife and I both had it. And even though I was halfway across the world, uh, we still were able to text each other for free, um, through that. And it, it just made, uh, the communication a little bit more on demand, you know, where we were able to, you know, it wasn't quite as good as a phone call or a, a video, uh, chat or whatever, but we still were able to kind of just, you know, send quick little messages to each other. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know that that helped us all, uh, tremendously uh, being able to just send send little quick notes, just, you know, checking in, just want to let you know I'm doing okay and, and that kind of thing. And, and that was, that was helpful. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, so interesting to hear how, how your, um, you know, kind of relationship was too. Yeah. One, so one of the things that um, actually made me decide that I wanted to, um, that I wanted to, get out of the military whenever we decided that we wanted to have kids was the fact that when I was deployed and I would be in the tent with the other 
women that were in my tent and they would be trying to video chat with their kids or talk to them and they would lose the connection. And at that point I just decided I don't want to do that. It was, it was so hard on them emotionally. So I just decided, you know what, my military career is going to end when we have a family and, you know, my husband can stay in if he wants to, but I know that that's not what I want for our future. Yeah, and I think that's that's probably important for you to have seen firsthand uh, how the other uh, women in in your uh, in your tent there were were affected by being deployed and being away from their their children for such long periods of time, and and then being able to make that that decision with that kind of evidence there, kind of supporting your your decision. Um, you know, probably a, a lot easier to make that decision than it would be if you hadn't seen that. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. And so, uh, what other, um, what other types of things did, did you guys do? Um, so I know you said, uh, you know, video chatting, um, w- was there any way for, for you guys to kind of like help each other out with things? I, I know like being a new, a new parent, like you said before, you're kind of figuring things out as you go. There's no, there's no handbook, uh, that, that you get. Uh, to kind of figure out what, what to do with, with kids. Um, and, and typically when you have a, a spouse at home, you can help each other out to try to figure out how, how to navigate being a new parent. Were, were you able to uh, kind of rely on, on that type of communication uh, while, while your husband was deployed or was that a, something that you just sort of had to figure out on your own? I pretty much just had to figure out everything about being a new parent on my own. I just did. um, I had a Facebook group that I was in with all of our babies were due in March. And so we would ask each other a lot of questions. So I had that kind of social network online that we all had babies the same age. So we would keep in communication. And then my mom was able to visit and come help me. So that helped a lot because it gave me a little bit of time away, some time to rest. And that way it wasn't just me completely on my own sure. taking care of the baby. Yeah. yeah. And I, I know, um, and again, I'm, I'm relating this to my own experience, my, my own family's experience, I should say. Um, I, I know my wife uh, would spend a lot of time at, at her parents' house. Um, you know, sometimes she'd even stay at her parents' house while I was deployed. Um, and, and for her, it was good to, um, have another set of uh, hands that could help with the baby. Um, you know, so she could catch up on some sleep because as any new parent knows, you don't really sleep a lot when the the baby comes. Um, yeah, it's definitely not. (laughs) It's, it's, it's just, that's a universal thing. I think you just have to accept you're, you're not going to sleep. Um, I actually probably got more sleep on deployment than I, I, uh, did when I was, when I was home with the, uh, the baby. Um, yes. and, and, and she also was there, um, you know, to just, ha- my, my wife was also at her parents' house, I should say, uh, to have another adult to talk to, you know, so it's not just her and this little baby who can't communicate other than crying and, and things like that. Um, you know, so she was able to have somebody to, to talk to. And I think that was, that was important for her own kind of sanity, uh, to, to have that 
available. Um, but it looks like you had something similar in, in terms of having your mother, you know, help out and, um, and also through the, the groups that you were in that, um, you were able to ask questions to other, other parents about, um, basically being a parent and, and what to do in certain circumstances and, and things like that. Yes. Um, so in terms of your, let's circle back a little bit to your deployment because I, I think we, like we, we touched on it a little bit, but I, I don't, I feel like um, there might maybe be a little bit more to, to that, 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 might be, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, interesting in terms of, um, you know, what, what your job was there and, and what you, you might've, uh, uh, might've done over there. So if you don't mind, uh, you know, circling back to that a little bit, what, mm-hmm. what other, um, so, you, so you helped, um, you know, obviously the, the military, uh, you know, with their, their injuries, um, you know, local, uh, uh, civilians, uh, who might've been injured in, in IEDs and, and things like that. Um, and, and civilian uh, contractors. Um, what was that experience like for you in terms of, um, like, had you ever been in a, uh, you know, a real world, you know, quote unquote, uh, like more real world experience where there was those, those traumas? I, I know you, you can do all sorts of training um, mm-hmm. to kind of learn about all that, all of that stuff. But what, was that your, your kind of first experience of actually seeing the, the blood and gore, if you will, uh, you know, from actual, uh, real life experiences or, or do you have other, you know, uh, experiences from that, uh, prior to, to your deployment? I really hadn't been to expo exposed to the things that we saw over there. I don't really think that there's anything that can prepare you for that. I had worked in the hospital at my first duty station, which it was kind of a short, it was less than a year that I was there. And I worked with heart patients. And then um, as soon as I got to my next duty station, which was Fort Bliss, then we basically started preparing to deploy, but we were mostly concerned with preparing our equipment, setting up tents, making sure we had all the medical supplies, things like that, not really doing a lot of practice, which I don't think you can really practice. They try to give you patients with the fake injuries so that you can treat them and kind of see how the hospital operates in that type of environment. But it's not at all like what it is like when you're actually there. And I also had the, I had the opportunity to work with our British comrades also in Afghanistan. And I worked in the operating room with them. So when I did that, we would see people basically straight from the battlefield come in, get fixed up as best as those surgeons could do, and then they would transfer them out to where they could get a higher level of care. Okay. Um, so, you know, that was definitely uh, something different. You know, we'd see amputations, um, pretty severe injuries, and then some run-of-the-mill things too, like uh, appendectomy. You know, some soldier has appendicitis. They just fix that and so they can feel better. Um, But, yeah, we definitely, we saw things that, uh, you know, you would probably not see even in a regular 
trauma unit in the United States. Right, right. Yeah, and, and especially not in the maybe the volume or, or the concentration of, of time, uh, you know, that, that you were there. So if you're, you might be seeing this, uh, you know, on a much more frequent basis than, than you would uh, anywhere else. Um, right. And, and so, we, did, we didn't have a lot of days off. You know, it was just kind of right. like you'd pretty much work and ha- you'd get a shift off if they could, and but you'd still be on call. So. Okay. Yeah. Ab- yeah, absolutely. Um, it, so how did you, so I know a lot of times when, when people are kind of thrown into a situation like that, they, they don't really know what to do or, or, you know, when they don't know what to expect from, from that, that type of situation, seeing all of the, um, that bad stuff that, that you kind of saw, they may not know how to cope with that either. Um, what were mm-hmm. some of the ways that you found, um, that, that worked for you in terms of coping to kind of, uh, get through the next day, uh, you know, to, to come back and, and do it all over again, uh, you know, after, after seeing that day after day, uh, what were some of the things that you, you might've done to, to help you, uh, kind of cope and get through all of that? We had, um, an NWR tent, you know, where you could go get cooled off, have a snack. You could watch a movie. I remember watching all of the big bang theory episodes on our time off, um, you know, communicating with family at home whenever you could, whenever you could get through to make a phone call. And really, I think we had a pretty good support system just with the rest of our, my, the people that I worked with, the soldiers were really great. We had an awesome chaplain that was always there for us. You know, he, he would, you could, walk into where he stayed anytime and talk to him about what was going on. Well, that's, that's good. Um, I, I know a lot of people who uh, go to, to war and they experience some of these traumas, um, whether they're on the battlefield and experiencing them kind of as they're happening or, or even as a medical uh, professional who uh, witnesses them, you know, a short time after they, they first happened. Um, it's still very, a very traumatic experience uh, to to kind of observe that, um, and and even uh, you know trauma surgeons in the United States who, uh, you know, I, I've I've spoken to uh, before, uh, not not on this podcast necessarily, but just to to people who have um, worked in hospitals and dealt with nasty car crashes or uh, you know gunshots and and other things like that, where you know it it's, it's hard to, to kind of wrap your head around, you know, like this is a, a person's life and, you know, uh, their, their life is now in my hands. And, and I, like, how, how do I, uh, how do I justify, like, am I the right person to, to even be the person here to, to do all of this kind of stuff? Like to some of those people, it's, it's very hard to, mm-hmm. uh, to do that, that type of stuff. Um, but, but it's good, good. I think that there were those, um, releases there in terms of, you know, like the MWR uh, mm-hmm. tent and other, other soldiers nearby and the chaplain to, to speak to, um, you know, and I, I think it's important that, um, that people recognize that those, those opportunities are there for them. So should they feel like they are overwhelmed with that type of stress, um, you know, that, that they can 
they can rely on that, that type of stuff, um, to, mm-hmm. to kind of help them out. Um, and, and talking to people too. Uh, I mean, you know, may, maybe the other soldiers aren't the right people to talk to, but I'm, I'm sure the chaplain is, is a good, good place to start. And, um, if the chaplain is not qualified to, you know, handle whatever it is that you, you need to, to talk about, there's, I'm sure there's other, uh, steps that, that can be taken to kind of escalate that if, if need be. Um, yes. And a lot of times we didn't get closure as far as we would have our patient and then we would transfer them out. You know, sometimes I would actually go on the ambulance with them from the hospital to the airplane and they'd go with the Air Force nurses. And so we didn't know what happened to them, <laughs> which can be hard. Right. Yeah, that, that could be um, not not really knowing like after they, they take off and they go, you know, either they make it to Germany or the United States mm-hmm. or wherever they end up. Um, yeah. Not, not knowing what happened to that person is, is kind of hard too. And I, I know just from, um, you know, just the, the work that I do, uh, you know, on a, on a normal basis, like I, I like to see things through to completion, <laughs> you know, I, I want, mm-hmm. I want to be able to, to finish a job. Um, and if I can't finish a job, I at least want to know, uh, how it, how it turned out in the end. Um, and, and what, what's going on with all that. So that, that probably is a, a little bit uh, difficult as well. Um, mm-hmm. now you said you have, you have two boys now. So the first, first, uh, uh, child was born, um, while your, your husband was deployed and the, the second, uh, child was he, uh, was he born after, um, uh, like, was there any other deployments? I guess I'm, I'm trying to say, was, was there any other deployments going on that um, that child was was involved in, or was it just the the one? Um, just the one. Our first child was when my husband he deployed about a month after he was born, and then our second one. They're a little bit over two years apart, so he was home for that one. And the only thing that he's had, it's just he does TDY, you know, pretty frequently, but it's. Okay. it's not this it's not as hard and sure. it is good that he got to kind of see what it was like since he missed yeah. out on a lot of the even though it's a different kid but he didn't have to miss everything like he did with the first one yeah so that's that's like almost an identical uh experience to uh what we had because our 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 first two uh, kids are about two years apart, two and a half years or so apart. Um, and so, gosh, that's actually very interesting, especially with the timeline, because um, it, it just kind of seems to, to fit uh, pretty close there. Um, mm-hmm. But, but I know like when I first got back uh, from Afghanistan, my, my wife just continued being mom, you know, take doing all the mom things. She didn't just, say, okay, he's home. He can handle the kid now and just kind of walk away and, you know, kind of wash her hands of it because she, um, has had dealt with this for the better part of a year. And, um, you know, she just wanted, needed a break or whatever. So she, she continued being mom and, and along the way, she kind of slowly was like teaching me the things that she learned over that year, which to me was extremely helpful. Um, especially uh, under the circumstances of, uh, you know, how I, when I came back home, uh, my brother was, was killed in Afghanistan, uh, at the same time that I was there. And so mm-hmm. I, I was going through quite a bit of, um, you know, uh, quite a bit of issues, uh, with that. And so, you know, learning to be a dad on top of all of that was, was, 
extremely difficult for me. Um, but so my wife was able to kind of help me out with, um, you know, slowly getting me back into being a dad. And then by the time our, our second child was born, um, I, I was ready to kind of jump in from, from day one, uh, of, of when she was born, uh, to, uh, you know, just be dad and just be there and be present with, with her and everything like that. So, um, where was your, uh, what was your experience like, uh, when your husband came back from, uh, deployment with your, your first child, uh, in terms of, uh, getting, getting him kind of involved in being dad, uh, you know, again, with, with all of that. I, I'm sorry to hear about your brother, by the way. Um, so when my, when my husband came back, I think he probably didn't really know what to expect. And it, it was kind of like you said, trying to kind of teach him how to do things because it's like you, as a mom and as a temporary single mom, you do everything your way. And so then when he would help, it's hard to say, oh, you're not doing it right. <laughs> Just, yeah. You know, because we tend to be maybe a little bit control freaks about our kids and picking out their clothes, changing diapers, you know, simple things. But mm-hmm. It's it's like, oh, you don't know what you're doing. So just kind of gradually adjusting to that with letting him do more and actually feeling comfortable leaving the house with him by himself. You know, even though you're the dad, it's like, okay, can you handle this? Right, exactly. So. Yeah, and I, I, th- I think my wife had a very, very similar experience where, you know, she – she get she has her routines and she does things a certain way and and she does them well that certain way but if if one little thing kind of uh comes in and disturbs that routine uh it kind of throws off the whole process and and so um i was that one little thing that would step in every now and again thinking that i was being helpful but i really was um in a way kind of throwing off the whole the whole process so mm-hmm. um, you know, it's actually kind of refreshing to know that I, I was not the only uh, only one who was having to play catch up and, and learn how to be a dad, um, you know, that way. So, mm-hmm. um, well, it looks like we're actually kind of coming up on time on this episode, but I usually uh, like to ask one uh, final question before we, we wrap things up about any advice that you, you would have liked to uh, receive before joining the military. But I'd like to kind of modify this a bit for you and, and this uh, particular episode. Um, so the, the final question that I'd like to ask is, um, is there any advice that you would give to a new mom who's going through a similar situation where her husband's deployed and she's at home, uh, you know, perhaps by herself uh, with, with a newborn and, and maybe, maybe not necessarily a, a new mom. Uh, it could be a new dad, you know, where the, the mom is, you know, uh, deploying a short time mm-hmm. after, uh, uh, you know, having, having a, a child or whatever, uh, a new parent, let's just say, um, okay. you know, whose, whose uh, spouse is, is then being deployed. Uh, you know, is there any advice that you would give to them? I would say just don't stay at home and just be isolated, even though it can be very difficult to get out of the house sometimes with all the things you have to bring, diapers, extra clothes, etc. Um, there's a lot of programs. There's Army Community Service. Some posts like here, we have a new parent support program. There are classes you can go to. 
your chaplain uh, of your partner's unit. There are a lot of resources, and I would just say it's it's too easy to just stay home and be isolated, but don't do that because it's not good for your mental health. It's better to be around people that are going through the same thing if you can. Absolutely. And I, I, I definitely think that's a great piece of advice. Um, you know, definitely being around other people, um, uh, especially, uh, during, during a difficult situation where, where you might be concerned about your, your spouse who's deployed, uh, you know, for their safety and then dealing with all the, the things trying to figure out how to be a parent. Um, or, or even if you've had a child before, um, trying figuring out how to be a parent on your own. Uh, is, is a difficult thing. And so having other people who are going through that as well uh, around you uh, can only help the situation, I, I think. So I, I think that was uh, great advice that you have, uh, you know, for all of that. So um, Natalie, uh, thank you very much uh, for being on the show and, and sharing your information, uh, you know, with us about, uh, about your deployment, about being a stay-at-home mom with a, a deployed spouse, uh, really, really great information. I think it, think it can uh, definitely help other people who, who might be going through um, a similar situations. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Drive-On Podcast. If you want to check out more episodes or learn more about the show, you can visit our website, driveonpodcast.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Drive On Podcast. 